Welcome to Thirsty on Tune, where we drink wine and read webtoons. Hi, I'm your co-host Bronwyn, your webtoon obsessive, dopamine addicted, idiots in love, and slow burn sommelier. And I'm your co-host Chris, webtoons acolyte, enemies to lovers lover, and banter core aficionado. So pull up a page, pour yourself a drink, and let's dive in. You're thirsty on Maine, we're thirsty on Tune. Hello. Yeah, how are you? I am a little, shall we say, frantic? Maybe a little wild. (laughs) (laughs) I am both frantic and wild too, and tired, and I've had three glasses of wine. Excellent. I am working on my first, but wine has to be had. That's a thing. Yes. To be fair, this is my third, and I've had them over a long period of time. Yes. <laughs> um, to, be I was, to be fair. I was writing my dissertation, and I have found it very hard to do without- We know there was. shall be no disserting without wine. There shall not be. It does not, the words do not be happening without the lubrication applied. Exactly. You know, <laughs> what is it, Oscar Wilde? Write drunk, edit sober. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he might not be our goal to be like him in many ways, but I mean, in that way, yes. <laughs> I may not even be quoting him correctly. I may not even be quoting the right person correctly, but the sentiment I, I, is there. I do love it. I do love Oscar Wilde. <laughs> a, a queero in the world. So exactly. a queer hero that is. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> I wasn't just saying a queer person in a very strange way. No, no, no. I'm fully on board with the super queero. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. You can see the energy. We are immediately walking into this room. (laughs) And speaking of super queeros, what are we reading today? (laughs) Oh, my God. We are reading the LaCoy series by Iris Foxglove. Yeah. Also known as the Gay Owl series. That's secretly a gay wolf book, too. We see you. We see you. (laughs) <laughs> imagine our surprise when we got to book two and discovered it was you had another gay wolf book <laughs> yes oh we have a brand <laughs> we sure do before we get into it what are you drinking tonight Bronwyn I am drinking a lovely Italian Prosecco oh mm-hmm. okay I felt celebratory <laughs> I love that I am still drinking the same bottle of wine I was last time. <laughs> it <Same>. is <laughs> right. It is a Blackhawk uh, night blend that I no longer remember what is because uh, the box got a bit destroyed. Long story. <laughs> <laughs> Nighthawk comes as a boxed wine, but is not like a gross boxed wine it is a delightful boxed wine that just is a way to make it more economical and like probably and I don't think it is more environmentally friendly actually (laughs) I don't know what the benefit to box versus uh glass is maybe it's cheaper I'm not sure I mean it's certainly safer and it depends on what the box is made out of if it's tetra pack that can be used from that can be made from recycled plastic hmm I'm going to say that I have no idea because once again, the box got destroyed. So what I have now is just a bag of wine (laughs) in a box. Classic. It no longer has a label on it. 
and kind of looks a little like a giant IV tube. <laughs> okay, so no, but what we're going to call this is a wine skin. A wine skin. I'm not kidding. I'll take a picture of it for the t- uh, podcast Twitter. It looks like I have an, a giant IV tube of wine in my kitchen. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely had an IV tube of alcohol, but that was at Halloween Horrors. <laughs> And it was more vodka based than wine. <laughs> Love that. The nearest I've come is when I dressed up as Dr. House for Halloween and took a bottle of actual prescription medicine, washed it out and put um, Tic Tacs in it. Nice. I could not, I was a teenager. I was a weird teenager, surprising no one. Shocked face. All of my teenage years, my costume was totally by accident. Men characters who were drug addicts. <laughs> I mean, I did Sigmund Freud, I did Sherlock Holmes, and I did Dr. House like in a row. Oh, were we exploring some things? I suspect that we were, but <laughs> drugs were not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> they were the gateway perchance. Perchance. But I did walk around again as a 15 year old dressed as Dr. House, and I could not get any of the other kids at my youth group to take any of the Tic Tacs out of my bottle because they were convinced I was going to spike them. Uh-huh. I mean, they'd met you. I've never drugged anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yet. (laughs) Unlikely. Well, okay. (laughs) I think that I am unlikely to ever drug anyone. Federal agents. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The sputtering was worth the teasing. the record i don't actually believe chris would ever drug anyone that would involve a lack of consent which we would find abhorrent exactly we love consent exactly would i consently consensually drug someone maybe i mean (laughs) what are we talking about (laughs) i feel like both iris and foxglove would approve (laughs) i agree i agree So let me give you a little blurb, just a tiny rundown. So we're talking about all four currently existing books. We are. I'm so excited to hear how you blurbed four books. (laughs) It's a wild ride. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) A four book series exploring the loves and lives of the Lukoi, a people defined by their ability to survive mostly through spite. And we love that for them. Yes. Exiled to a winter wasteland, they have learned to thrive by having each other's backs and back ends repeatedly and always consensually. Yes. Each season explores a new relationship, a new journey, and a new but related set of characters to enjoy. (laughs) I don't know why I decided to take a drink right as you said the end of that, but I did take a sip right at but related characters. And I almost died. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you understanding the emphasis on the word, but. (laughs) It's hard to miss. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Well, you went the direction of deciding to blurb all at once. I went the direction of making four separate genres. Oh, excellent. (laughs) Okay. Because yeah, I definitely summed it all together with queer romance, DS first, lots of banging. Yes. All accurate. (laughs) Okay, and to give you all the feel of the different books, because mm-hmm. they all feel very different, in my opinion. Book one, 
soft boys, idiots in love, fluffy hand and unlovable hand with hurt comfort and forced proximity romance. Oh, glorious. See, this is why I didn't bother to try and do them individually. (laughs) (laughs) Part two is hurt comfort, angst forward shifter romance with found family, forbidden romance vibes, and daddy dom kink. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Book three, supernatural people on a journey adventure with faded mates with hurt comfort and with mythology elements. Oh, yeah. And finally, book four, hurt comfort polyamorous hand and unlovable hand and unlovable hand. Oh, yeah. (laughs) With with badass witchy cottagecore vibes. Oh, yes. I love it. One of my absolute favorite things about Viv is the badass witchy witchy cottagecore vibes. Right? (laughs) Love it. I love it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My list of favorite characters is basically all of them. Yes. I do have tops. Oh, yeah. Me too, actually. I mean, there are a lot of underline a couple. There are a lot of tops in this story, but unrelated to that. to that I there's have a, a little yeah <laughs> yeah no there's a lot of tops you're right okay <laughs> okay but right off the bat favorite characters Alex and Sasha for me yeah yeah they are definitely in my top they're probably not my tippity top but no, they're they're I know who my... your tippity top are who are my tippity top Sava and Victor yeah and Ooh, and Viv? Mm. Yes. <laughs> and Micah. Of course. And then um, Alex is just under that. And Zev. We of forgot course. Zev. I mean, this-, this is it. This is my list. Alex and Sasha and Sava and Victor and Speedy and Micah and Viv and Zev. Adorbs. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, those are mine too. I really like everyone else as well. So I, yeah. my second tier. So those are my S tier characters. Yes. And the second tier characters for me are Vander and Dragon and Elena, Elena Zora, yep. uh, Katata. What is her name? Oh God. Kataida? Kataida. There we go. I knew, <laughs> I looked at it. I was like, you did not spell that right, Chris. Theron uh, <laughs> uh, and oh, yes. uh, Death. I, I, oh, I know. Death is amazing. But I also, I love Theron. I love yes. Theron. I love Theron too. I Yes. My excitement is real. And then I actually have a, an I hate him character. <gasps> is it the same one as mine? Absolutely it is. Yes. There's it's two a, for me. There's two. Ivan, obviously. Ivan. And the guy from Zev's book, whose name I have also forgotten. Exactly. He doesn't deserve it. His name we shall not speak. (laughs) He doesn't deserve a name. (laughs) God. You did that to my Zev. That's not okay. That's not okay. I do love, so our tip top list, complete overlap. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And our second tier list, complete overlap. Complete overlap. Like, uh, why are we like this? We're a circular Venn diagram. (laughs) That's so funny. I assume there might be some more variants than that considering, but no. No. I mean, I think you, Alex and Sasha are like the top. Tip top for me though. Yeah. Victor is the tip top for me. Yeah. 
And I get but, that because Victor's amazing. But for me, there was something like Alex, I was reading Alex and like, yeah. like when I, what Alex is introduced before he's the main character. And I liked yeah. Alex when he was introduced, like, me but too. he didn't stand out for me. But yeah. when he became the main character in yeah. book three, I was just oh God, like, yeah. oh, I love this guy. I would <laughs> die for this guy. I would kill I would for this guy. I love Alex. I love oh, a thousand percent. Do we want to kind of run down these characters and say a little bit about who they are for the listeners? Sure. We don't usually have a list this big, but I do no, feel like they true. each deserve a little bit of attention. Yes. <laughs> uh, so our spurt, like our very first starter character of the whole series is Victor. Yes. My baby, my darling. Mm, he's so uh, cute with his glasses and his nerdiness and his languages and his books. And I love him. <laughs> and we have uh, we have discussed not on air who we are, roast relate to. There's always somebody, mm-hmm. and for me, it's two characters in the series. It's not yep. just one, and for you, it's two characters, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so my two, well, we'll get to the other one in a minute, but the first one is Victor, yes. uh, very much so. So Victor is the nerdy academic that gets fucked over by academia. There's no reason I would ever relate to this character. <laughs> uh is is this a book with big time abandonment issues yes oh maybe a tiny bit just a hint just oh boy and I would like the record to show for everyone out there that I did not bring these books to the table it was not me inflicting this on Chris Chris brought these to the table and I happily got on board but it was not my fault yeah no I (laughs) at this point in our show there's an equal number of times I have done this to myself as you have done it to me yeah I think I've just decided that the listeners are collectively going on my therapeutic journey of dealing with my abandonment. <laughs> like they didn't ask to come along. That's okay. They're coming are. along with my self-awareness journey of becoming a himbo. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. So Victor, I love him. He is so brilliant and he does not see it at all at first he has to learn it he has this beautiful um metaphor we kind of like the mythology of the story he there's a story where he comes from about this owl who sheds its feathers and becomes like different shapes based on where it is and then finally has to find home and shed all of its feathers and stay yeah and that's victor I love him so much. Right? And then he becomes Victor Owl-Eye. Yes, he's Owl-Eye because he can see through people. Exactly. I love, I love that. Oh, love him. <laughs> I love that. I love the naming convention for this Me whole yeah. culture as well. It's fantastic where you earn your name. Yeah. What? Okay. Well, no, I was going to ask this question, but I have an answer already. If we were in this, I think that our names would be Order Unicorn. You would be Broadwin Order Unicorn, and I would be Chris Chaos Gremlin. Uh, Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 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 Yeah, I was going to go with something like, I don't know, like problem solver, troubleshooter, Mm. but because I I do like that. These are things that I do like all of the time, but Order Unicorn really covers that. I was going to say, that's what you do, but who are you? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. 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 The truth is out. It is. It's been out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yep. So Victor falls in love with Sava. Mm-hmm. He's our first kind of lightly himbo character. He's not King himbo. We'll get no. to him in a minute. <laughs> oh, yes, we will. <laughs> but he is lightly himbo. <laughs> like he is big. He is strong. 
he is soft though which yes. i really love like yes very soft <laughs> he is an extreme soft boy and he's so cute and i he love is. him and i just want to pick him up and cuddle him and call him george i know i know and he's like so we haven't even really said in this society it's based on um submissive dominance kind of as if bdsm culture was a biological imperative kind mm-hmm. of thing uh so he is a dom but he has the softest dom <laughs> like he is but also he teddy (laughs) yes exactly he teddy who like to tie people up (laughs) yeah yes he does it's he's adorable he builds this beautiful house I literally think about his little like cut in space in the floor of his house all the time (laughs) and I want that hot tub I want the hot tub too (laughs) and the hammock bed I don't even I don't totally understand the hammock bed i'm not gonna lie but i love it i know because <laughs> somehow it is both like a like an actual shape of a bed and a hammock and i don't quite get no that but i love it <laughs> but it sounds cozy af so cozy <laughs> oh we love and he it he built this whole house by himself to prove his like his worthiness as a mate exactly he's so cute oh yep I love it. I guess maybe we should kind of weave this part into ships because we're doing it anyway. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) So Sava and Victor, you know, fall in love. Yeah. And they are two soft boys together. And it is a forced proximity because winter on Lucos is so violent that you you prep for the seasons before winter. And then once winter hits, you don't go outside your house. Right. And Victor is stranded on this island because of his evil, like narcissistic, evil ex-boyfriend, <laughs> evil ex-boyfriend strands him on this island where he's not, t- where nobody's totally sure what goes on right as winter is about to start. So Sava has to like basically bring him home uh, and treat him like a mate, even though they're not together yet. Yes. That does not last very long. No, <laughs> no. It's not a slow burn. It is no. a quick burn. Yes. This is a, oh, we can see the light. Oh, it's all, okay. nope, nope, nope. There was kerosene involved. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm here so for great. it. I am too. It was, this book was the softest of all of the books. Yes. And it is just a hug. I love it. Yes, it is. It was a really wonderful introduction to the culture and the characters and I just, agree. yeah. Oh, high key love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it introduces us to some of the the other characters that we then meet more thoroughly. Sure. A little bit later. And of course we meet Ivan who we hate and dies. Ivan (laughs) Ivan could go fuck off, which he did. So it's fine. Yes, he did. He fucked off and died. He did fuck off and die. Full spoilers, by the way. Oh yeah. Sorry. I haven't figured that out. We're just full spoilers. You've met us at this point. So you've you've got it, right? (laughs) Um He fucks off and dies. And I mean, <laughs> for like half a minute, he was a lovely character, but he started to show the cracks them. pretty quickly. I didn't like him. I don't know. I there was he was so aggressive in his friendliness that always sets my teeth on edge. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that's yeah. fair. I I reserve judgment for like half a minute because I yeah. don't know if it's a writing style thing mm. or if it's a character thing, mm. but. I, literally like half a minute I was in this and I was like okay he wants to be for oh no 
No, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. creepy. Mm-hmm. Got creepy. it. Check. Big creep vibes. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that does describe our dynamic a little bit. Like you're like cautiously thinking it through, and I'm just snap like, nope, not him. Uh uh-uh. uh. Throw the Order whole man unicorn. Out. <laughs> Throw the whole man out. Chaos Gremlin says. <sighs> yep. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, should we talk Zev and Dragon next? Yes, we should. Okay. We absolutely should. So Zev and Dragon are very interesting because yes. we both have the same reaction where Zev is in our favorites. Yes. Dragon is second tier favorite. Yes. But I still ship it so yes. hard. <laughs> so hard. But, and we also both had the same reaction to this story, which yeah. was initially mm. the, the sort of dichotomy in the style of the storytelling mm-hmm. I mean, it, like, I shouldn't say that in turn, like, obviously it's written by the same people and, yeah. and it's got a very consistent language oh, yeah. and everything like that. It's the ship but dynamics. It's the ship dynamics. That's yeah. so different from the soft boy forced mm-hmm. proximity romance to this sort of daddy Dom mm-hmm. kind of dynamic. And it was, it was a little bit jarring at first, mm-hmm. but taking a small break because I tend to read and I know Chris this is the same for you Mm -hmm. uh at maybe a slower pace (laughs) but I tend to read like in big chunks and very quickly Mm -hmm. and I just absorb the material and so it was extremely jarring at first and then I took a little bit of a break and then I came back to it and then I was like oh I love it so much yeah like I just needed a minute I just needed a minute to let it settle yeah where I was like okay right this isn't Vic and Sava, this is this is Seven Dragon and Dragon or Dragon or however. <laughs> uh, but there, like, that name is up for debate. We'll get into that later. Exactly. <laughs> How to say it is up for debate in the fandom. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, and then like as soon as I I like I stepped out of it for just mm-hmm. a second, I processed my shit and I came back to it and I was yeah. like, oh, he's protecting my boy and I love it. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So we've talked about this extensively, extensively. before recording because I we needed to get it. Like mm-hmm. this is what this is one of many things Brahman and I have in common is the desperate need to understand why we don't like something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did end up like I loved it. Oh my I god, actually, loved it. I think I liked it faster than you did because mm-hmm. I love Zev so much. Like yeah. I really connect to that character he's not like my two main ones that I relate to but there are parts of Zeb that I do really relate to mm-hmm, and I just very much love him yes absolutely yeah. um and so it, him I connected to right away it was Dragon that I was kind of bouncing off of um and so we talked about this in great detail and realized he is a classic alpha hole <laughs> <laughs> and we bounce off that character type pretty hard that's hard for me I've definitely read books where I've ended up liking and the alcohol but it's rare this is one of them like I genuinely did but it took time yeah I had to let him in I had to let him in yeah we had to kind of open up to the experience of dragon there was also (laughs) so before we recorded I sent Bronwyn a bunch of quizzes (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. These were the best. We took like uh, several Quizlet quizzes and then a couple of BuzzFeed quizzes about are you a Dom or a sub? <laughs> we got to figure it out. We're going to talk about this. We got to talk about it, right? <laughs> um, so 
So specifically, all of mine, with the exception of one, which I maintain was inaccurate, um, <laughs> said that I am like almost a hundred percent adult. <laughs> and shocking no one, I came back half dom, half sub. <laughs> yep. Yes, you did. Big switch energy. <laughs> I do not have such energy. I am the alpha in this situation. And so running into Dragon, I just had this re- instant reaction of just wanting to fight him. <laughs> I was like, let's go. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my God. Yeah. So this has led also to many a conversation now about how much I want to write a romance novel with a um, asexual dom. <laughs> I think it's so great, right? Like it's not a sexual thing. It's an energy thing, right? Yeah. Oh my God. I would love that. It definitely fits a niche in the market that is perhaps underrepresented. I think so. I've certainly run across a couple of fanfic with that dynamic. Yeah. And I fucking love them. I can link you to them later. They're shadow hunter fanfics. Of course they are. (laughs) Where Magnus is the dom because of fucking course he is. Yep. Uh, So I'll send you some of those. Those are really great. But Mm -hmm. oftentimes even in those, it's Alex. That's the uh, ace character, not Magnus. So trying to think if they've ever seen one where he was an asexual dom now that i've said that he has an asexual sub sometimes hmm. i don't think it's happened it's probably out there but i have not seen it see no i gotta write it yep. <laughs> so that whole tangent being i think when i opened the book i bounced so hard off dragon <laughs> i was just like i want to fight him i like want to wrestle him <laughs> well, and so for me and part of it was i really liked him in the first was it the first right. one it is the first one he's um he's really supportive of uh yeah. victor and saba so he is the leader of the yeah. lapoy and he's a great leader and I, I just i really liked the dynamic of him in the community i agree and then i guess sort of seeing him with an interpersonal and also like i i really liked him and his interaction with elena like mm-hmm. him actually as a father and his exploring yeah. his his perspective and his experience as a father yeah that was some of my favorite parts of the books like I I really enjoyed that I really enjoyed him exploring the relationship changing between him and Elena as she became an adult and needed to move out and like Mm -hmm. him moving on with his life a little bit and then her moving on with hers and yeah how they sort of navigate adult relationships between parent and child and I just really 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 liked him in that dynamic and it seemed a little bit and obviously rightly so different in his sure energy with Zev and that was where I bounced a little bit yeah yeah and in part I want to say so many things at one time my brain is like (laughs) galaxy braiding (laughs) over here yeah I think in part some of it, I'm, I'm going to say the word problem, but I don't mean the problem with the writing. So let me circle back around to this book is amazing. It's I so it's good. Really well written. You have to give it a chance. If, so if you do have that bounce right. initially, give it a chance because it's worth it. Right. Because I think that's part of the point. Like it, you're, you're kind of meant to have some friction with that mm-hmm. character. I think like, I don't, it's not an, a soft book. Like the first no. one, there's much more friction in the uh, dynamic of the second one. But I think too, Unlike the first one. So the first one is a lot Victor's point of view at first. And then Sava's point of view kind of comes in. But Victor always feels very safe. And so you feel very safe. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of the second book is from Zev's point of view and then Dragon's point of view comes in later, much like the same way, but Zev never feels safe for like a very long portion of it. So I think part of it too is like, as a reader, you are picking up on that feeling of unsafeness. And it it comes through hard. Like, I think that's actually really, really nailing it right on the head. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard and beautiful to read, like Mm -hmm. that feeling of unsafety. And I think it's easy when you are like initially kind of digging in to take Zeb's feelings of unsafety to heart. And Mm -hmm. so he doesn't feel safe with Dragon at first. That takes a while, which is the Mm -hmm. point. Like their love story is a falling into comfort and then into love. Yeah. Um, And so- And building trust. And building trust. And in, in the kind of a slightly more dark tone, their sexual, like physical relationship starts a lot before the comfort and trust does, Mm -hmm. which I think for me too, is a thing I bounce off of. There's nothing wrong with it. Like it's actually very consensual and it's very fine. But I think part of me was like, it's weird because I don't feel safe yet in this relationship. And then there's sex happening. And that like triggers some like consent thoughts in my brain. Yeah. But when I came back to it, like you, it was like, oh no, this is very consensual. It's yeah. just sort of an ass backwards relationship. <laughs> like, and, but it, it's weirdly healing. And I know we've talked is. about this and it's funny yeah. because like everyone processes trauma in different ways. And, yeah. and, you know, we're all going to kind of feel that right connection to, or bounce off of different yeah. ways that, that trauma healing is represented. Yes. And I think some of that here is because there's a lot of trauma healing through this relationship and through establishing and like, because it is a daddy dom situation, which can be difficult to navigate. Yeah. Um, and like, for me, that's not a particular kink that I share. So Mm -hmm. that is, is part of why I didn't necessarily connect to it immediately. Mm -hmm but definitely did on the sort of the second read through, not yeah. even the second read through, but just like coming back to it the first time, even yeah. although the second read through was much better and easier and smoother. Um, but part of establishing that trust and establishing that consent and whatever is that, that sort of daddy energy that, mm-hmm. that Dragon is bringing to this relationship is that he seems to understand the needs that Zev is bringing to the table yeah before Zev can communicate them act like vocally yeah yeah we're uh I'm gonna totally bleed over yet another section so we're now talking about characters ships and themes at once a thousand percent we are (laughs) (laughs) because this is something I like this was the big theme I wanted to talk about and I I kept like teasing here that I was going to talk about this so one of as everyone knows, I researched sex and gender. And one of the things that I've researched lately was uh, using kink to heal trauma, specifically BDSM. There's like a lot of actually really cool research in the last couple of years about this, how the BDSM community, when used well, and people who like understand it and negotiate it, uh, safely can be very healing for people who have experienced physical or even sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it is learning to negotiate relationships, learning safe boundaries, and then being able to kind of re-experience some of this stuff, but in a safe, sane, consensual way. Yeah. 
And so that happened, like this story really- Corrective healing experiences. Yes, in kink. And it's so interesting and so powerful. And so the story really delves into this idea. There's a scene specifically, I kind of want to talk about two of them because there's a scene that I bounced Mm -hmm. off of at first and then came back to and really liked. And then there's the scene at the end that I like really this like- Yes, I love that scene. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So the first time they have- like some sexual interaction is it for at first read. And this was the part that like I bounced off of the hardest. It felt non-consensual until I read it a second time and uh, really understood basically the, that is the scene when they're fighting and Zev is naked because he's a shifter and like Dragon wins the fight and then gives him a hand job. Yeah. And it's like a very aggressive scene. And I think I reacted a little bit to that. But when I re-re- like went back and reread the scene, it was really clear Dragon was reading all of the silent cues yes. and boundaries. And he was, there was consent. It was like Zev was giving him consent. It was what he wanted in that moment. Um, and it's it was a really powerful like moment where Dragon mm-hmm. ends the scene with going like, I can give you what you need, whatever that is. Like, yes. <laughs> you want to wrestle? We'll wrestle. You want to exactly. wrestle? We'll wrestle. <laughs> giant air quotes FYI (laughs) (laughs) and but and then when you see it when you really see it in that light yeah you can go back and read the entire story and you see and there are so many points through the story where Dragon is just absolutely on point doing exactly that and he is spectacular at reading those cues and you see it even in the previous and subsequent stories yes outside of his specific relationship but in his the way he leads the community yeah so this is a is a very particular like character point. Yes. That he's very, very good at understanding communication that isn't specifically verbal. Yeah. It yeah. can be verbal and lots of different languages. And like, and when I say languages, I mean the just the way people speak, you know, not yeah. just not just like French versus English versus German sure. versus yeah. Hindi versus, you know, whatever, but like, you know, when <laughs> like someone who speaks Chris versus someone who speaks Bronwyn, mm-hmm. <laughs> someone who speaks economics versus someone who speaks academia, you know, right. like, yeah, these there's jargon and, and community language and things like that. Right. And, and Dragon as a character is specifically mm-hmm. gifted at picking up those cues. Yeah, it, he is. And it is so apparent that he is exactly what Zev needs. Mm -hmm. So Zev's whole deal is that he has this curse. Like it allows him to shift into a wolf, but it means that anyone who holds his fur can control him. So he has a set, he's like the winter soldier, right? Like he's had all consent stripped from him his whole life. And so when he comes to dragon and he falls in love with him or in lust with him pretty quickly because i actually think that the story they like are very physically attracted to each other and the love kind of blooms slowly over the Mm -hmm. story but when he he comes he's very quickly like into dragon but dragon puts a lot of like barriers to their relationship to protect zev because zev is not capable of building his own boundaries yet yeah which is so powerful and like oh my god it's like beautiful zev is like after their first, like after that first hand job, he's like ready to leap into bed with yeah. uh, Dragon. And Dragon is like, uh-uh. <laughs> like you're going to slow your roll. And he kind of plays it as like, you got to earn it or whatever. But, yeah. it, but when you're in his head, you know that he is like being very conscious of not taking advantage yes. um, and of how hurt 
Zev is and how scared he is. And, exactly. Yeah. And it's really important to get that perspective so that you do yeah. know that that's where he's coming from. But once you have that perspective, you can yeah. see it in all of the little yeah. ways that he treats Zev. Oh, absolutely. And he, and to some degree, there's like what he's saying versus what he's thinking because Zeb is not ready to receive that information yet. Mm-hmm. He's not ready to be told like, I'm doing this to protect you because he would resist or, you mm-hmm. know, he'd be angry about that until like, they start to trust each other. And exactly. Starts to accept it, um, which is very powerful. And then we get to the end scene where he realizes that Zeb has been taught not to express pain. Um, and so he says, and as he does this, there's this really gorgeous scene where he's like taking out Zeb's braids and it, like, it's clearly hurting because they're kind of matted and whatever, but Zeb is like holding really still, like kind of a spooked animal still. And, uh, Dragon's like, no, I need to teach you that you have to tell me when something hurts. And so this is this BDSM scene. Do you want to talk about it a little Bronwyn? Uh, no, I think you're doing a great job. Okay. I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm listening. I'm writing. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, so I just realized I was like, wow, I've talked like a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm right in. I'm right here. Okay, good. I'll jump in when I need to. Yeah. So the seed, basically he uh, uses uh, fingers in uh, Zev's ass and slowly puts in more. And he, his instruction is you have to tell me when it's no longer good pain and it's bad pain. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is he's retraining Zev to listen to his embodied experience because he's had to silence it for so long yeah and it's just wonderful because when he does talk about this with seven they're in the middle of this process and obviously there's pleasure involved but it does get to a point where there's pain that he's not enjoying Mm -hmm. and dragon is reading his body as well but he's telling him he like okay i can tell that this has changed are you feeling pain? Like he's encouraging and and yeah. very much like promoting the concept of vocalizing and being yeah. honest about his experience, but also telling him like, this is going to be a process. Yeah. And we are going to work on this. Like yeah. right now, two fingers is comfortable and you're really enjoying it. Three yeah. is okay, but maybe too much. We will get to the point where you can take my whole hand. Yeah. But we're not there yet. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in dragon's head during this moment too which is a really good thing i think and there's a moment where he is genuinely like internally very worried that zeb will not tell him and he has this like moment of insecurity he's like does Zeb trust me enough yet to tell me that he's in pain because like he sees it immediately but he doesn't remove it until he's asked because his idea is like zeb you have to advocate for yourself you know And it's just a really powerful and corrective emotional experience mm-hmm. through kinky sex. And I it's, love. yeah, it's, I, that scene is particularly impactful. I agree. It yeah. was really beautiful. And having read that scene, because we both read this book twice. Mm-hmm. Um, you've read all of them twice, probably, yeah, right? That's true. <laughs> I've read the first two twice and the other two once. Um, but I will reread them all. It'll happen. Um, it just comforting. happens slower. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, on the second read through, after having read that end scene, going back to the first scene, it's that's it's the start of these it lessons. Is. Yeah. And it's so powerful. Yeah, it is. This yeah. honestly, it's funny because when I first started reading them, this one was probably my least favorite of the four. Mm-hmm. But after reading them all, 
more than once, mm-hmm. it might actually be my favorite. Oh, wow. It's, it's the first two are my favorites. Yeah. I love all of them. Me too. Yeah. Um, I have a theory. I might save this until after we've actually got through all our characters and ships, but I do have a theory about your favorite book and what it says about you in this series. Yeah. Well, that's hysterical. Cause like up until like, I started to really yeah. focus down on, on the themes and stuff like yeah. that. Number four was my favorite. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's real good. Yeah. I, it's hard to say. I say favorite. I know. Yeah, you, it I mean, changes day to day. But they're all God, you've like, met me. They're, yeah, they're so good. Oh my they God. They're all really They're just such good. a joy to read. That's just so they much are. fun. There's so much going on in them. Mm-hmm. It also kind of reminded me of, um, so the sexual dynamics and negotiation, one of my favorite things is literally the plot of it, all of them in, mm-hmm. to some degree or another. Is even Sava and Victor who have way less trouble with this than yes. Zev and Dragon do. But there's even moments too where Sava is like really conscious of not wanting to start a relationship with Victor because of the forced proximity. And like, what if Victor feels like he owes me? Mm-hmm. And he's very conscious of that in their relationship. So every, in all of the different relationships, both people are constantly like thinking about what's good for the other one. Mm-hmm. And it's what makes them so perfect. Yeah. And I, I love that, especially, and you get a lot of that in this second book here with Zev mm-hmm. about how important consent is to this community yeah. and to this yeah. culture, yes. which I love. And I think that's such an interesting thing um, because the fact that, that Zev's consent has been removed from him for his existence to this point is such a horror to everyone in the community that even though they've only just met him and some of them haven't even met him and they're just like no this shall not stand (laughs) yeah yeah like this community but this community specifically about consent so Lakoi is part of a bigger fantasy world obviously Mm -hmm. but Lakoi specifically is a community based on like consent is one of their primary rules. Yeah. Uh, but even the larger world though, things like homophobia and sexism do not exist. No, which is kind of a joy to and read. I'm ra- not going like to lie. Racism. Yeah. There's like no racism either. Like it is they <laughs> fantasy writers. You can't imagine a world without these things. Right. Like I get it. Like I, yeah. I get the use of fantasy setting to explore social commentary. Yes. That's a little bit more difficult to navigate within sure. a more realistic kind of yes. scene. Right. And it can be powerful, but it's let's be honest. Powerful. Most fantasy novels have those things because the writers have not interrogated what it would be like without them. Not because exactly. they're exploring them. There's exceptions. Yes. There are there ones are. that are exploring, but most of them just have it in it. It's just part of it. Like, exactly. You know, we love Dungeons and Dragons, but the dark elf stuff, real problematic. Oh, so problematic. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> let's be fair. Nothing is gay wolf book. Right. So <laughs> exactly. But, 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 but this world doesn't world have like it one, where they've actually imagined a society and a set of societies yeah. where that doesn't exist yeah. is glorious. Now, like, I mean, they still have capitalism. Sure. Degree or but not Lacoy, really. No, but not the Lacoy, yeah, which yeah. is amazing. But like in other places, there's a little yeah. like, tiny elements of that because you do, like, there's a source of conflict. Yeah. Right? And yeah. humans are still humans and whatever. But the fact that the judgment of humans based on these totally arbitrary, ridiculous things, yeah. oh my God, it's just gone. Mm-hmm. It is so relaxing yes. to read holy yes. 
oh my and, lord and the books are still intense and the books still have conflict it's oh, yeah. because there are other things that can be the source of conflict like, legitimately stories. so intense i had to set it down and come yeah. back to it yeah <laughs> it's so good i just it makes me so happy the lacoy specifically that society i could just live in forever like right? it's so good i love it, so it much. is it's, it's there's like no capitalism. cold weather hobbits yes it is <laughs> there are a whole bunch of like winter cottage core goodness and yeah. i love them everybody like they're the driving forces taking care of each other yep. but circling back to the consent specifically just imagining a world that takes sexual violence that seriously right it's like i'm i'm tearing up talking about it like i'm genuinely getting misty oh my god yeah it's punished it's like you know it is it's it's the worst thing you the worst thing you can do taking people's consent and it's taking people's consent sexually but it's also taking people's consent in like physical violence against Mm -hmm. them all of those things are taken genuinely seriously because caring for other people is the driving force of this community oh oh goals I know. I'm, I'm not okay i'm not okay oh lord That's and then so of course for book three we leave this gorgeous idyllic place we and um, we get our three other characters so yes. uh alex who is on <gasps> both of our favorites lists glorious i love alex so much oh he's God. the best and then Evander and Elena, who are on our second tier, but still fit. Yes. Like, be clear, this is still first and second favorites. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, Alex. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, Alex is everything as far as I'm concerned. Alex is funny. Alex is smart. Alex is snarky. Alex yeah. is a little soft, bit removed. Fluffy. Oh my God. Alex is soft and fluffy. Alex is in love with his best friend Elena, but he knows that Elena has this quest that she has to fulfill and he's just got to be there to support her and when he finds out that that quest is leading her to another man he just is like well yeah I just want her to be happy and if that's what it takes to make her happy then I mean she's the love of my life this is what I want for her so yeah you know and he's like this happy-go-lucky puppy like Dragon in a previous book describes him as a puppy that follows at Elena's heels and then you discover secretly he is also a ferryman of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I love it so much because he is actually both. Like he's he fully both. puppy and a ferryman of death. And he like helps dead people move on to the afterlife. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. I love also that they have some kind of like herbal, like I almost said herbal tea. Um <laughs> Dead death tea. <laughs> I mean, what I mean here is herbal testosterone as opposed to like herbal testosterone. Yeah, so uh he is trans. Yes. And it is just oh, I love him yeah. so much. I love him so yeah. much. He's such a perfect character in every way. Like he's just so he's so entertaining to me. Um he thinks of all of the details like elena's like i'm going on a quest and she's amazing <laughs> and she's strong and wonderful and beautiful and everything like that uh-huh. and alex is following around behind her like did you pack your underwear and yeah <laughs> he has the mom friend he's the one that says goodbye to everyone right. he like he makes sure the plants are watered before they leave <laughs> like he's the one following around making sure that she's taken care and, of and everything and like has, that even in the koi his parents are considered strange, weird hippies, which is the funniest thing. How much did you relate? Oh, just a hint. (laughs) (laughs) 
I really love you. Yeah, the herbal tea, right? And then he also has someone in the village makes him a binder. Yeah. And like he has a moment where they're going to a new kingdom and he's like, are people like me accepted? And that's where we find out. Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. in the world is not transphobic. Which is amazing. <sighs> Glorious. But it's, oh, it's so good. And I love like his, he's covered in tattoos because he loves his body and he wants to yeah. make sure that it's as beautiful as he feels it is. Yeah. I feel that too. I cover yes. mine in tattoos as well. That's my story. I also have a dragon. <laughs> he has this big dragon that winds down his whole back, which is like something they fondly make fun of him for. And I love it. It's just know. like, yep. <laughs> I do. And you know, you love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. He is unapologetic at every step. And I love it. Yes. I love it. And then so like Elena meets her man and it's Vander and there's all this really interesting mm-hmm. story around Fated that and how they situation. meet. And it's so cool. And I love it. And then through Evander, we get his kids who are the like uh, Theron and, and, and Kataida. I'm, I hope I'm saying that correctly. It. Yeah. I, but she was really a fascinating character. They're both fascinating characters. Yeah. Like I love them both. I cannot wait to read their stories. Yes. Um, Which we have on good authority that there will be. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We even have some spoilers. But we do. <laughs> uh, they, but oh my God, I just, I love them both for different reasons, yeah. but they're both spectacular. Yeah. Katayura is like, Okay, so if we're doing that dynamic of like looks like a cinnamon roll could kill you, mm-hmm. she is could kill you. Theron is looks like a cinnamon roll, but could kill you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Katayuda does not look like a cinnamon no. roll, and, and everyone's that's good because kind she's of deadly. scared of her. Yeah, 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 and rightly so. <laughs> yeah, as they should be, including she, her dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone is like a little bit like, oh my god, except for Theron, who just thinks she's the best. Yes. <laughs> she's his sister and you know yeah. she's cool yeah she's just, so. she's just a little weird who cares she's a little bit obsessed with uh war yeah <laughs> she, she just wants okay. to start a riot like who, i mean who does it sometimes i mean we've all been there like burn who, it down right burn it. yeah her <laughs> motto really is burn it down but she is not a chaos gremlin she is very much an order unicorn she is a, she calls her dad yes sir yeah and he's like please i am dad <laughs> like, please like, yes sir <laughs> Oh god, they're, they're so great. But they befriend Alex and yeah. then you know Elena and, and Evander go off and get it on and establish their relationship and then realize that as because they're both doms that they 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 really need sometimes they both want to top each other and it's yeah, a lot. There's it, a it's funny, a hilarious scene where they're both wrestling to get on top and it's the most frustrating sex anyone has ever had. It is actually amazing. Yeah. I love it's that. It's so funny. They're like miserable. <laughs> it's hysterical. And they're like mid sex scene and they're like, Alex, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so we get you are is this our first step on the show talking about polyamory? I think it might be. Yeah, you finally get a candy thruple. Yes! <laughs> and it's Alex and I love it. Oh, it is. It's really good. Uh, somehow he is the he is the sub, but he absolutely is the one that leads. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> They're almost so dominant that they cannot like get them shit together they seriously can't pull their heads out of their asses and it's amazing and i love it alex is like all right all right (laughs) it's amazing they're so cute i love it so much uh yeah love them all i love them so much i agree i agree 
I love their <laughs> negotiating of that relationship. Yeah. I love just everything about that. I love that Elena gets her best friend and her man. Yeah. And just yeah. all, oh my God. And we're, I mean, we're so far beyond spoiler territory. It's not yeah. even funny, but yeah. I freaking adore the end of that book because sometimes you just like yeah you want happily ever after and blah 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 but this one is so extra and that makes me so happy yeah of course Alex is the ferryman of death yeah so we don't just get a happily ever after we get a right up until they die there they live they live and live and live and live and then they die and then Alex takes them over into the afterlife and they set up house on the other side (laughs) yeah he breaks the rules and so we see it from elena's perspective and he tells her he has broken the rules and he's literally set up like a death cottage core existence cottage core death house (laughs) (laughs) and she's like is evander already there and he's like yeah Uh. i was was not supposed to tell you because evander didn't want to influence you and she's like that idiot and then they all spend the forever after together it's think, so cute and so i love it, it. Oh it my i God. was not expecting it when we were getting the epilogue where it was like oh he's ferrying her to death i was like okay i'm ready for tears and then that happened i was like oh my god i know i love it and he's like and she's like you didn't look this young the last time i saw you and he's like you didn't look that either like, no, even in death they are flirty oh I, yeah i think that interjecting yet another theme here I think one of the thing about this series that I really love too is the death positivity mm-hmm. throughout right like this story death is not a bad thing it, no. you know as a ferryman of, of process yeah as a ferryman of death is like comforting people mm-hmm. and giving them you know a chance to move on peacefully even Ivan shows back up you know yeah. we have a scene where he tries to give a peaceful like um ferrying to Ivan but Ivan even in death is like fuck you you know uh but he you know he tries to give that to everyone it's such a positive perspective yeah. on death and I love that it's even like it's culturally specific right yes. so with the in this fantasy world where there's these different cultures there are different rituals around death and yeah. as a ferryman this information is just sort of yeah part of his existence it's something yeah. that he acquired through his relationship with death and yeah. and he knows so, all languages so that he can ferry people and make them comfortable in all of this so like you know this type of person prefers to be escorted this way and this type of person and that's just something he instinctually knows and, and I that's love i love right because the the people in uh this desert kingdom they put coins on their eyes for the ferryman yeah. whereas you know the ones in the koi are burned and he knows all of that yeah powerful it's so beautiful I love that it's kind of I didn't it didn't like stand out to me until that book but it's a theme in all of them too because there is just this like kind of beautiful celebration of life like at the end of every winter the community gathers together and burns those who have died in the koi over the winter because they couldn't have so it's like a mass funeral but it's not this horrifying thing it's just uh saying goodbye to those we love and there's even this tea that when somebody is suffering you can give them and help them go on that is talked about that the healers have which is you just don't see this in stories it's such a death positivity yeah and it's such a it i really really love the emphasis on community in this like that's a huge thing and it again it's not something that you necessarily see a lot Mm -hmm. But like the older I get, the more I realize it really does 
yeah. take a community yeah. to kind of, to raise children, to, to yeah. support someone through grief to, you know, like, and the stronger your sense of community. And, and I don't mean that in terms of like your sense of community, like you belong to a, a city sure. or a country or anything like that. Your family, judgment, but your, yeah. your family, your, the, the people in your life, the people on the internet that support you, the people yeah. in your immediate surroundings who support you, the people that you reach out to who, who can give you a virtual or physical hug though, you know, like, yeah, it's very important to have that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the first two books and the fourth one are very much so like a trilogy of some lost puppy found by found family in the koi and protected. Mm-hmm. And the third one is very much so what if that found family energy, they take it with them and they just collect people elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to take this whole Lakoi thing and we're yeah. going to outsource. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just gotta keep making the community grow and it's yep. so lovely yeah it's i do so lovely and in doing that they found the source of the the people of lucos yeah that they come from that desert kingdom like what who was there before the people that are currently there yes exactly it's which very I think cool. is really interesting and i can't wait to read more about that too, too. <laughs> and in that one we also meet death who is just like stop <laughs> <laughs> kind of a chill dude <laughs> which I love it's to be really on the funny of it. it's really funny and there is like a foreshadowing that he is looking for his bride and I'm very excited bride bride whatever that means yeah whatever gender that ends up being however many people it ends up being mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am very excited for that I have a theory we'll get to that when we get to predictions because I have a theory <laughs> <laughs> I know who it is but I'm, I'm probably wrong <laughs> so. I love your theories they get wilder every time thank you I just saw that the uh, author of uh, everything is fine tweeted post your theories so I can verbally mock them when it re- is revealed to be wrong I definitely responded with a theory from our <laughs> account I know I was like, we've got to link him back to that episode and be like, here's all of our theories. I'm excited to be wrong. <laughs> we went deep on the theories of that oh, one. Oh, we galaxy brained the hell out of that yeah. one. Yeah, this one, my theories are not as deep, but I no. have them. <laughs> excellent, excellent. My theory includes Foxglove writing on his phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, listener, can we go ahead and can we tease them, Brown? Can I we think we might them? as well because we'll release it next week. Yeah, exactly. Two weeks from now. Yeah, or or next week if we get very ambitious, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> We're not. No, no. it's a lie. Uh, don't worry, I'll edit out. I'm that editing that one. Anyway. It's going to take me a week. Yeah. Um. Oh God, what was I saying? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh yeah, we're teasing the listeners. So yes, listener. <laughs> We may or may not have already talked to Iris and Foxmove. <laughs> and you were going to hear our interview with them next up. <laughs> Which is very exciting. I know. And I'm trying my hardest not to reveal things you'll find out there, but it might happen. I can't. I, I, can't, I can't guarantee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're too chaotic for it not to. Mm-hmm. Even this order unicorn. <laughs> There's only so much I can do. <laughs> <laughs> you have to hold back all of my chaos and it's just too much. <laughs> Look, I'm, I may be order, but I'm still a unicorn. <laughs> fair, you know, fair. Oh my God. Okay. Oh. So we talk about our third and currently final ship. 
fourth or fourth. fourth you yes i was like yes <laughs> i can't count <laughs> yes we should talk about our fourth and final <laughs> currently final. Current final temporarily final shit yes uh very so, briefly book four yeah. so in book two we get introduced to the people from where zev comes from mm-hmm. uh and with them are Viv and Sasha! <laughs> so swinging back around to who we relate to my other character is Viv and yours and is Sasha <laughs> <laughs> yep. oh my god so Viv is like the like smart alekiest of smart alec witches mm-hmm. she's a bit of a bitchy witch and i love her i mean i'm not gonna lie there's a little viv in me too yeah we all should aspire to have a little viv exactly <laughs> i think sometimes i have too much viv but that's fine <laughs> i have too much sasha to have too much viv yeah <laughs> she is very much the like cooper's porcupine of the story yeah. uh she really does want and love affection but she also recoils from it. yes yes and she recoils with sharp little claws yes very sharp very luckily sharp. she's in love with the masochist <laughs> exactly <laughs> who also happens to be a massive himbo the biggest himbo when they <gasps> when we first meet him in book two we meet him through dragon's point of view and dragon's just like oh my god <laughs> he does not stop talking wow wow <laughs> what does he call him uh he calls him sasha it's not loud voice but it's is it bear voice? Is that what it Something is? Something like that. But it's basically like loud mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it names him loud mouth, basically. And he ends up coming to really love him, which is adorable. But at first, Dragon is like, I love all the people of LaCoy, but this one is on thin ice. <laughs> is this one, this one's taking a little effort on my part. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Sasha doesn't care. You could literally yeah. insult him and he would be like, ha ha, ha funny. <laughs> fight me. No, really, fight me. Hurt yeah. me hurt me please do it's very <laughs> sexy mm-hmm. oh my god he's so great yeah. and we meet my other part and, yeah i love him too but micah. He's a, yes micah we also meet him in book two because he becomes friends with zev exactly and as far as like friendship ships they are my favorite yes right French yeah. like fr- there's a lot of friendships because everyone has all of these dynamics yeah. but theirs is the best yeah I love 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 that whole Zev and Micah thing because especially because that really helps Micah come out of his shell too yeah. and Micah's like this total isolationist like up in the mountains like away from the village mm-hmm. tinkerer and he makes toys for the village and then um he only will deal with with Dragon because he's been so he's so afraid of crowds and he's he's so afraid of of people judging him and mocking him and and whatever that he's developed this incredible phobia of crowds yeah people being around him and stuff like that and oh god that spoke to something in me for sure I'm not gonna lie like just yeah and it also furthers the evidence that dragon is is awesome right yeah because he is so good at reading people that even this person who won't talk to anyone will talk to him yeah but then he had a dragon takes zev to meet him and there's this instant trust and friendship that just builds over multiple books where they just they love each other so much Mm -hmm. and zev is like the only person he can kind of stand being in his space both like his 
physical house space, but also in his air space. Yeah, exactly. It's such a beautiful friendship. I love that. (sighs) It is. I love that. Micah to me reads as on the spectrum. Yeah. You read that way to you too. Yeah. Neurodivergent in some way, but I definitely think autism. Yeah. 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 I re- I related a little hard to Micah. I'm not gonna lie. You just <laughs> I I I mean, obviously not to the same extent, mm-hmm. but oh my god, the 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 crowds and the just he's written in such a way that it just was like it spoke to my soul. Like <laughs> oh my god, yeah. oh I feel that deeply. Oh okay, you didn't have to come for me so hard. <laughs> These this is kind of us. cottage and read my book. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> we were joking in our group chat that we wanted to start praying to Hestia, the goddess of the hearth and home. Yes. <laughs> just, dear Hestia, may I please stay home? <laughs> I just want to sit on the couch with the cats. Is that okay? <laughs> and Hestia would agree because she loves it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh. what do i need to sacrifice here's some wine <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god yep mm-hmm. oh. No, we accidentally summon dionysus instead with the wine <laughs> i mean as long as he can netflix and chill i'm good he, ca- he can't like objectively no chill <laughs> i know he has no chill we'll stick hestia on him it's yeah, fine we will. it's fine <laughs> oh god what were we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about Micah. Micah, he's perfect. Yes. He's so perfect. I love him so much. Yeah. I love him so much. And I love, so Sasha and Viv are aware of Micah from book two. Yes. And because book, because Micah comes down because he cares so much about Zev that mm-hmm. he comes out of his comfort zone and into mm-hmm. the village to warn Dragon and everybody about Zev being in danger. Yeah. And it is extremely hard for him to do so. And he is re-traumatized in a lot of ways. Yeah. And Sasha and Viv, I think, really pick up on that. And they, they're not part of this community either. Mm-mm. They're on the periphery of this community in a different way from Micah. Mm-hmm. But that puts them sort of more likely to be aware of him. Right. You know? And so come to book four and Sasha's doing his thing running through the woods being big and dumb and hunting and providing for his lovely fragile dominant vicious wife and and he smells some fire and turns out Micah's hut is on fire and so Sasha being the lovely thoughtful himbo that he is runs over to see what's going on and he sees Micah and trying to go into the burning house fuck dude even I know that's a dumb idea (laughs) and I am dumb (laughs) we all know this okay (laughs) um but Micah's you know he's smaller and he's not well fed and he's not he's not fit where Sasha is like he's not not fit but Sasha's a big bulky hulking dude right Mm -hmm. and so Sasha's like okay if you deeply need something in there I'll go get it for you but you stay here because you are not going to survive this you've already got the smoke inhalation you're you know whatnot so Micah's like I need this book so Sasha runs into the house to get the book when he gets into the house he finds the book he's like 
I can't get out that way. There's too much fire. So he just hulks his way through the wall. Yeah, he sure does. Which actually brings me to favorite quotes because I definitely was like, sorry about your wall. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love Sasha so much. (laughs) Oh my God, they're so good. Anyway, Sasha was like, well, okay, we should go see Zev now because you have nowhere to live and it's starting to rain and it's Uh fall, which means winter is coming and winter is coming. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it's bad. (laughs) Nah, it's not good. You need a fun time. You need to have some supplies. You need to have a place to stay and you currently do not. So he sends him off, but Micah's like, no, 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 no. I can take care of myself. I'll go see Zev, whatever. He does not. He does not. Mm -mm. You know, Sasha and Viv, they check on him. They do because they're that kind of people. Mm-hmm. And they check with Zev and they're like, oh, so how's that Micah kid doing? And Zev's like, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, uh-huh. well, what about his house burning down and him coming to stay with you? Like, what happened there? And like, Zev's like, okay? what the like, fuck? Oh, 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 hold the phone. <laughs> yeah. What now? And so clearly Micah is not self-sufficient. He is not capable of taking care of himself. He, you know, his parents were, I'm going to go with abusive. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is an accurate term. Yeah. They were neglectful at best. Yeah. Emotionally abusive. abusive, Definitely. I think it's probably more accurate. Yeah. Neglect is abuse. So I agree. Okay. Yes. No fair. I mean, it technically is. So it's not even just a matter of opinion. That is a fact people, Mm -hmm. Um, but also they're emotionally abusive for sure. And, and so, you know, like he hasn't had anybody since they died and he has carries a lot of guilt and a lot of trauma from, you know, his upbringing and from this. And so he just doesn't know how to be. And he's just off trying to build himself a little like yeah. tent out of like tree boughs and yeah he is non-functional he is non-functional at this point right so Sasha's like well that's not gonna do I guess you're coming home yeah I get. I guess we're adopting you that's a thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah welcome sorry about your luck <laughs> and they just love him so much and they do <laughs> and they just kind of like Yep. Well, now you're one of us. <laughs> Enjoy. No, really. No, no, no. Like, really. Yeah. So we get second throuble. Yeah, we do. And I love this one even more, even me though it too. doesn't have Alex. <laughs> no, me too. I love the dynamic of this throuble so mm. bad. And it turns out a kind of dynamic that I love. Micah is actually a dom. I was not expecting that. But I then know. like, yeah, he is. He really <laughs> is. And he's so great. And I love, I love that he's a witch too. Yes. Secretly he's, he finds out he's a witch this whole time. He's been like magicking shit up, but didn't know it. Love that for him. <laughs> I love that for him. I just, and I, and I also really love Viv and her characterization as mm-hmm. having a chronic illness yes like that oh Which my god I do feel not, that so yeah, me too deeply. right we both have chronic pain problems that it really I related so, so profoundly hard. and I was really thinking oh. like the way the magic was going I was like are they gonna heal her 
And they don't. No. Like it's just, they make her life easier. They find ways to help her. They but make her a wheelchair. A oh wheel, my a god. A fantasy I wheelchair. It. But <laughs> yes. you know what? Like, I think that's glorious. I, I think thought, that's no, glorious. I was actually gonna say the same thing. I think it's so good that they didn't. Like, because people can live perfectly good lives with chronic illness and disabilities. Yeah. And we should see that. Magic shouldn't always fix these things. No, and because you know what? Magic doesn't fix it when you need glasses yeah. to see. No. So why is magic fixing it when you need hmm. it's a, almost a like, chair to move? It's almost like fantasy novels might have some ableism in them. Right? Almost like. Like, let's make life accessible. Yes. But let's not, quote unquote, please see the giant air quotes that I am making. Yeah. Let's not fix people to yeah. fit life yes fix life to fit people right exactly because you know the problem is not that you have a disability it's that the world is not set up to be a place for people with to be accessible for people of all of these different yeah exactly because like seriously life is not set up for somebody like who has chronic migraines let me tell you it's not god it's it's fucking hard you know, and if I had magic to fix my eyes, I probably would because the, the input from my eyes to my brain is a big source mm-hmm. of my migraines. I'll tell you, yeah. but I say that facetiously because yeah. there is technology that would allow me to have laser surgery mm-hmm. and I have been given the opportunity to do so and chosen not to mm-hmm. because my formative years as a child, I remember seeing the world and I had no idea I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. You have no baseline for comparison. This is not sure. something you talk to people about. This is not something you don't know to vocalize. This is how this looks because you have no concept that it might look different to anyone else. Right. So until you come up against something that somebody questions why you can't see something clearly, this is how the world works. So for my entire formative sort of childhood the world was an impressionist painting for me yeah and that's a a beautiful thing that I can still revisit every time I take my glasses off Mm -hmm. some of those memories are beautiful positive happy memories. things of my dad my dad's gone now yeah but I take my glasses off and I can remember what it looked like when he took me to swimming lessons when I was living in Halifax as a toddler you know like yeah if I lasered my eyeballs I couldn't do that yeah. You know, the fact that I can't see doesn't make me less. Exactly. Neither does our pain no, or any other kind of disability. And I really do like that that is not like hand waved away in the story. And, uh, and of course it isn't, you know, cause in Iris Fox Club, we trust, right? Exactly. Like, but it, it's, you know, instead Micah finds ways to make her world better for who she is in it and not only do we have a really positive example of Mm -hmm. of disability in a fantasy world but we have it in a character who is not fragile oh no she is the toughest character badass she is a sadist she is she is she's the toughest character in the series in the whole series yeah like even dragon could not ever no everyone bows to viv <laughs> bah, yeah yes facts. <laughs> facts 
she is tiny as well. She's like this short little petite thing, but she is fierce. <laughs> you do not mess with Viv. And I do love her. not. I love her so much. <laughs> oh my God. She's glorious. Yeah. <laughs> that is an achievement. Honestly, that is, that yes. is an achievement. These care, all of these characters yeah. are astoundingly different. Yeah. like to have a cast of characters this big and each one of them be so distinct yeah. is really impressive like it would be a clusterfuck but you could have every character in the same scene and know who was talking always yes yeah you know what i mean that's really a feat yeah and also i find at least i have a hard time with ensemble casts because mm-hmm. I, I tend to like someone better than everyone else to the degree where i get bored when it's other people mm-hmm. that does not happen no. here everyone's stories are interesting exactly and it's just it's fascinating to me too like the the process about how these are written like I'm always fascinated by collaborative creative processes Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. always fascinated to hear how that works and everything like that so like getting to talk to Iris and Fox Club was beautiful and I can't wait for you guys to hear it oh you'll die (laughs) I honestly because the process behind this creative endeavor is a little bit it is it's I love just it so incredible much. I love it I love it's just seamlessly handed back and forth yeah. and like, it's a little bit like if we were doing it <laughs> okay I'm sorry I will get back on it I promise <laughs> no no I mean but really that was actually not a reference to the fact that we haven't written that collaborative story I'm so just- <laughs> sorry I just have been so busy okay I will get I back not, to it I was not thinking about it I swear what I mean to say is as you'll see when you hear our, our uh interview they are us they <laughs> are so us it's funny. wild <laughs> we met us <laughs> our variants and it was wild times it's incredible actually <laughs> we may have talked to them an hour before what you hear and like an hour at least afterward <laughs> a thousand percent we did yeah oh god <sighs> do we do do we do ships and everything i think we have, I mean, we have, I, done we have just themes. been like all over the place with this. i'm looking to see if we've I we hit on every one of the themes I wanted to talk about. I guess I I kind of mentioned, but I did want to land on it. I do really like so it it has the disability rep with Viv, but as I mentioned before, it also has the neurodivergence. Divergence, yes. Whoa, I have had too much diversity. Um, Anyway, yes, (laughs) Um, neurodivergence with Micah in the same story and the way they interact with each other and understand Mm -hmm. each other, I think, is really powerful. Yes. It's quite a beautiful thing. There's, I think, a huge overarching concept of acceptance. And I think we touched on that a little bit with the whole idea that there isn't a lot of petty judgment in this. But I I think it's worth mentioning again. Yeah. You know, just people are accepted as who they are. Ah, it's so beautiful. And I just I also everything that I come across that is kink positive is yes. I just love that because yes. it is about freaking time that we started yeah to be more kink positive yeah as a culture like can we just please let some of this Victorian puritanical, puritanical nonsense go please it's it's like been time <laughs> as a society like, like unclench your butt cheeks and relax it's okay you'll enjoy it for one but for so two much more like imply <laughs> like realistically speaking honest to god people like me to you just mm-hmm. fireside chat here yeah. you know bring it in bring it in bring it in 
if you are banging, mm-hmm. talk consent. Mm-hmm. If you're not banging, it's not your business. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. And the world collectively could learn a lot about talking consent from the kink community. Oh my God. Okay. Also, <laughs> we're just going to, we're just going to diverge let's, here because this is just the thing that we do. Let's in. talk about the fact that every zombie movie has had it wrong forever because it's never going to be the people with the guns who survive, you know, the people yeah. in the bunkers or another. Those people no. are going to kill each other. Yes. They're going to kill each other. Yes. Those, those guns are going to lock. There's going to get wet. There's like going to be all this sort of stuff. Yeah. The people who are going to survive, the people you want to hang out with, the people that you want to hook up with when the zombies come, when the aliens come, those are the leather daddies. <laughs> I was trying so hard to figure out where the sentence was going. And yep. that was so much better than I thought. <laughs> yes. Find you a leather daddy. Do okay. It. We've got some consent. We know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We have care. Mm-hmm. that is a community you want to be a part of yes yep Go and to be clear your kink community people it's a survival tactic yes. and to be clear as uh pedro pascal told us daddy is a state of mind mm-hmm. so any gender can be a daddy a hundred percent daddy is not gender specific it is a state of mind god, oh god. i hope that by like decades from now when i die i still think of that quote sometimes because mm-hmm. it brings me joy <laughs> oh yes mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes Which, get the get the kinksters into your life a hundred percent you will never regret it <laughs> you might learn a thing or two you probably should <laughs> you're welcome you're par- the partners of people listening to this <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh my God. Did you uh, have any favorite quotes to share? I have so many favorite quotes. Do you want to start? I will have to limit myself. I know. Okay. I have a couple. Um, This one, they're like, they're longer quotes. So I, yeah, they always are. I only took a few. So David had always hated Victor's glasses. He thought of imperfections of the body as reflections of imperfections of the soul. Mm. But he didn't deserve Victor. Mm-hmm. He didn't deserve the Victor who was Sava's mate. Sava, who kissed him like he was dying for it and called him beautiful. Oh, I have that one too. <laughs> oh my God. I love okay. it so much. There is also, so Victor and Sava in all of their interactions to each other are so sweet. I really like um, Sava talking about Victor having to care for him when he's sick. And then they end up talking about him having, because Sava has lost his first love. And so he's still carrying that to some degree. And they have this conversation where he says, you deserve to be loved properly by someone who doesn't have this weight on their back. And Victor answers, well, maybe you deserve someone who can lift it. Oh, freaking <sighs> right oh my god <sighs> i'm not well no not well or how about dragon i will not hurt you my wolf remember what i told you i am wolf breaker not wolf killer <sighs> i'm okay i know 
I did come up with a funny one though. Yes, please. Okay. Elena grabbed Alex by the hair as he turned to go. Kataida looked at them again, brow raised. Rowdy submissive, Elena explained, <laughs> and Alex blushed. Yes, he does seem like he needs training. <laughs> I love it. I have another Victor and Sava being so perilously cute. Yes. Sava, you forgot how valuable you are, little Al, but you can learn again. Oh, glorious. I love it so much. Um, obviously the Sasha. Sorry about your wall. <laughs> but also about Sasha. He didn't like leaving. Sasha liked his cozy home with his gorgeous, vicious, sadist wife. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was trying to find the other one. This is my bad. Oh, here it is. Victor was just about to comment on how people as a whole didn't deserve cats. <laughs> oh my God. I love Speedy. Speedy the cat is the greatest thing. Oh, so great. Oh my God. Do you have more? I don't know. I've just limited myself to one from each book because that, I was just like, that is, <sighs> that was very good of you. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, I will try to only do one more for each book. How about that? I I hadn't moved out of the first book yet, so I'm now moved out. Uh, So from the second book, because you have a beautiful heart, Zephyr Wolfhearted, you are, as I have always known you to be, a gentle soul who would rather nurture than harm. Dragon kissed his knuckles, blood and all. (laughs) Okay. Yep. It's one from that book. And then from the third book, I have highlighted literally so much of these books. It's almost absurd. (laughs) I'm like, it really doesn't help if you highlight the whole thing. (laughs) I I don't let myself highlight for that reason. (laughs) Um, So Alec realizing that he is in love with Evander. Apparently competence is hot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, truth. Oh my God. Isn't it though? Yes. Okay, I will stop there. You you've gave a quote from everything, so I will put mine down now. <laughs> I could go on. I really have so many highlights. Like every romantic scene between every character is highlighted. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, it's oh, so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> do we do we launch into predictions? I, there are so many predictions, yeah. but I, I feel like I'm afraid to go into predictions because we know some spoilers. We do already. know some things. So I will, I will give you my predictions about things we do not know. Okay. About that. Okay. First of all, I think I have determined who death is going to fall in love with. Oh, okay. I think he is going to fall in love with Kataida. Oh, nope. I know a spoiler about that. What? How do you know a spoiler? I don't know. Because I was paying attention. <laughs> How did I miss that? <laughs> I'll edit this part out. Ah, I have ah, no predictions. Really? They told yeah. us who Death falls in love with, or they told us who Kataida falls in love with. We told us who Kataida falls in love with. Oh, it's somebody's kid. It is somebody's kid, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you're gonna listen to the episode. Do you want me to just tell you? Yeah, I'll just edit this part out. <laughs> Ares, God of War. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who knows? I don't have any predictions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we do actually know quite a bit about what's coming. So yeah. 
we know things about like grandkids at this stage. I know we had a fun chat. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting that out in the air. Yeah, me too. You're going to enjoy that everyone. So I think we did it. <laughs> did it. Did we, is there anything we left on the table that we wanted to talk about? No, I think we should talk about what we're going to read next. Yes. Which we actually have not talked about off air. So <laughs> surprise. I think we're going to have to talk about white trash warlock. <laughs> yeah. Cause this that's, is, yes, I'm so an, obsessed. So yeah, that's this is thing. another one that I brought to Bradwin and then she has greatly passed me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because <gasps> and, you haven't even read the second book yet. And I have read both first and second twice now. Okay, look, calm down. Um, <laughs> that is I not tried, possible. I tried to get an arc of the third one and I got denied and I'm no! real mad. I know. I was so tempted to reach out to the author who I'm now friends with, but then I was like, well, I've been friends a little bit. I <laughs> Maybe I should let our friendship grow before I hit him up for books. <laughs> right? maybe not I don't know but I am going to a library convention so I'm hoping I can find it like that publisher is going to be there so I'm like please have arcs yes we'll see I will report back if I get an arc <laughs> I need it oh my you god know. you have no idea the kind of cliffhanger it ends okay on. I don't but I am I'm aware it is bad <laughs> you're going to have to oh look oh there's the ball hockey Bruce oh dear oh dear <laughs> <laughs> sorry but yes no it's you're fine but yes this is a yeah this is a book that I am obsessed with um my friend Shuri who you all know if you listen to Gotham Outsiders as well because mm-hmm. she is a guest from there introduced me to the author and since then the author like talks to me every day he's so sweet he is freaking brilliant oh my god, oh my I'm god obsessed he's so with funny work yeah. holy shit it's good <laughs> oh yes yes it is top tier David fantasy. R. Slayton FYI yes. so oh yes we just on not this one. set his name yeah boy yeah David R. Slayton extremely talented so just right. FYI go up my spot it's very good uh, White like, Trash Warlock is is truly one of my top favorite books of all time it's so like good. seriously I can't with how much I love this White Trash Warlock and Trailer Park Trickster is book number yes. two so oh get on board get caught up yeah uh you too chris get I caught will. up and we will be discussing and yes. shortly yes we will <laughs> and deadbeat druid soon to come oh, these, ti- God. these titles are uh I guess, chef's kiss <laughs> oh yeah that's next yeah and we may even talk to the author <gasps> fingers crossed <laughs> Until then, drink up. Stay hydrated. Bye. And where can our listeners find you, Bronwyn? You can find me on all the things at Shiny Baby B. I mostly live on Twitter, where I usually am tweeting about what I'm reading because I'm always reading. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at The Myth of Psyche, where I tweet about feminism, psychology, and also what I am reading. <laughs> And you can find me also on Gotham Outsiders, a podcast talking about queerness and feminism in the Bat family with my co-host, TJ. And you should also be checking out our parent podcast at Talking Comics on Twitter, or you can email them at podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. And if you want to uncork more web comics goodness from our show, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Thirsty on Tune, where we should be reading, drinking, and being nerdy. 